Dustin can read. Hello, and welcome to the February edition of Behind the Read. I'm your guest host, Lauren Cunningham. I host weekly Fear Street Reading Hours on Instagram, and today I'm sitting down with Dustin to discuss his February books, answer some questions, and look forward to what is coming up in future episodes. Hi, Dustin. How are you? I'm doing great, Lauren. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good for a Wednesday. (laughs) Good, good, good. Yeah, well, you know, hump day. It's halfway through, right? Right, yeah. Oh, I wanted to mention um, to the audience that you were actually in our My So-Called Life episode, the watch-along episode. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I really loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you were also a voice in the broken chain, which was also fun as well. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. That's actually one of the things that I've done that I'm most excited about. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have a lot of fun? (laughs) I did. Well, it's like something I never would have expected myself to do, I think. Um, So I don't know. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, great. I'm glad. I'm glad I gave you a new experience. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Never did voice acting before, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Check right off the bucket list. All right, so let's start off by talking about your episode with C.S. James. Um, He's the author of Twisted Books, To Leave You Shook. How fun was that episode? It was a lot of fun. It was, yeah, um, Chris is a really cool guy. We actually became even like closer friends after the show, after we recorded and everything. And he's, you know, um, been talking to me about his upcoming books and whatnot, how excited he is. He's, you know, he's just as geeky as me about projects and getting, you know, excited about them. So. (laughs) And just like, I, I got to show you something. I got to show you. So he actually, I don't know if you saw the other day when he released the, um, the cover uh, of his new book coming out, Bad Luck oh, Shriek. I think so. And it was, yeah. He explained it on the show. And it's about like um, just a kind of quick synopsis. It's kind of like an alternate reality where the rich have leprechauns that bring them luck. And this girl decides to steal one for herself because she's always unlucky. And that's basically the gist of the startup of the story. And what I thought was really cool, because he sent me the picture of the cover before he released it to everybody else to show them, is that the um, the leprechauns in it, he made them look kind of amphibian, like a frog. Oh, They're not boy. like a typical leprechaun. They're more nature-based looking. I thought that was kind of a neat take on that. Yeah, I did too. That does sound different, I think. <laughs> and leprechauns are terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they can be, for sure. Especially, you know, you know if, they, if they grant you any wishes or if you steal their coins or anything. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. We don't want leprechauns to do that. But um, yeah, he also he showed me that, and then then he also showed me, and he actually released a uh, preview, like a cover preview of this as well. Um, it's a novella that he's working on, and it's called The House on Route sixty eight. And yeah, it's kind of it serves as kind of a unique fictional take. And right. I don't really know everything. He's still working on it. He just kind of gave me a little bit of a gist of it, and that was kind of cool. And I thought, you know. That's more of an adult audience type thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I figured, you know, if anybody who read Twisted Books to Leave You Shook, any of those who thought, hey, I want something a little more mature, and he's actually a really good writer, he's coming out with something. So I thought that'd be really cool to share with everybody. That's awesome. Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> um, the next episode was about the upcoming adaptation of Harriet the Spy. You mentioned um, in the show how... Louise Fitzhughes, I hope I'm saying her last name right, (laughs) Um, her writing style was as if she expected the reader to be more 
mature. What did you mean by that? Well, um, kind of like when you're reading it, it just felt like there was, it felt like an older audience. Like it was meant for an older audience. There's just, I don't know. I guess it was so deep and so like existential, existential, philosophical in a way, you know, it just felt like, wow, a 12 year old, you know, even as a 12 year old reading it, I think I was 12 or 13 when I read it, it was hard to read. It was hard to get past. It was like very, I don't know. And then, you know, what was funny is that, you know, my guest on that show was Orlean, the great, great, just, you know, lovely host of Spooky and Strange. Um, Check that out, by the way. Um, Orlean, she made this comment like, oh, you mean it's like a Judy Bloom book? Which, you know, Judy Bloom books are notorious about, you know, mature and, you know, coming of age stuff and really deep stuff. And what was funny was that um, there's kind of a connection here. So, there's this book that's an, it's a biography for Louise Fitzhugh, and it's called Sometimes You Have to Lie, which is actually kind of a quote from Harriet the Spy. You know, sometimes okay. you have to lie to, to bend the truth to get what you want kind of thing, you know, and, you know, white lies, stuff like that. Anyway, so the book is called Sometimes You Have to Lie, and it's by Leslie Brody. Like I said, it's a biography of Louise Fitzhugh. And what was funny was that because I, I started seeing this recently a lot. It's so funny how I do shows. And then all of a sudden I start seeing a whole bunch of stuff for the subject <laughs> matter that I'm doing. And I'm not even looking for it. It just starts popping up. Right. But, uh, yeah. Um, so Judy Bloom had posted at one point that she was reading that book and that Louise Fitzhugh was such an inspiration for her in her writing. Now, remember Harriet the Spy came out before these, the major Judy Bloom books that we all know, you know? Right. So if you think about it, I was like, oh my God, that totally makes a connection. You know, because yeah. Arlene says, oh, this is like a Judy Bloom book. I'm like, well, if Judy Bloom based her writing style based on Louise Fitzhugh, it totally makes sense. So <laughs> right. I just thought that was kind of a neat little connection there. You also told us how you first discovered Harriet the Spy via a PBS series, Ghost Rider, which I do know about this show. Um, tell us more about that. I'm glad you know about this show. I didn't know if you had <laughs> seen it, but um, I grew up on that show. I was so obsessed with that show when it came out. Just uh, the idea of a ghost helping kids solve mysteries and only they could yeah. see them. And it was just so cool to me. I don't know what it was. And, you know, I don't care that it would look like it was filmed like a, you know, a, a multi-camera sitcom. That's what it kind of looked like, you know, with the set and everything. Right. Which, by the way, did you know one of the kids' fathers on the show for the first couple episodes was Samuel L. Jackson? No, I did not. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but that's awesome. In the it. pilot episode, and uh, when I mean the pilot episode, I mean the pilot mystery, because they usually have four or five parts episodes per mystery. So the you know the first two mysteries, which was Ghost Story and Who Burned Mr. Brinker's Store. I know a lot about the show. Um, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson played Jamal Jenkins' father. And then I guess he went on to become, you know, he started to do like Pulp Fiction and whatnot. So they recast the dad after that point. Right. But he was the original dad on Ghost Rider, which I thought was really weird because I started seeing him in movies i'm like i recognize this guy and he's you know he started dropping the f-bomb and motherfucker this motherfucker that <laughs> and i'm over here watching ghost Rider, and he's this nice stand-up guy that's like <laughs> fully clean cut and wouldn't you know it was just so funny he but, can um, do it all <laughs> yeah so yeah for those of you who don't know and if you've only watched the apple plus tv series i'm sorry because that's not how the show goes down i don't know if you've have you seen anything for the no, apple no i haven't even heard of that Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Let me give you the synopsis for the, our audience. The synopsis of Ghost Rider, the original PBS series. So the PBS series was some kids, about six of them usually, 
they usually kind of rotated some kids in and out, but they all kind of come in contact with this ghost and he only reveals himself to them because they're special in some way. They're, you know, they have good hearts. They're just, you know, good kids and they all end up being friends. And then they, they help with the help of ghost writer. They'll solve mysteries by finding words and clues and putting, piecing things together. There's, you know, and it's, it's all about trying to get kids to read and to write and communicate and learn about their community. And it's a really cool show. It was a really good concept. And it got, you know, it got canceled way too soon. You know, they lost funding and whatnot. It's PBS, public broadcasting. So oh, I love that show. Well, now Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus has brought it back. And I say brought it back in quotations because it's not the same show. There's four kids, which is fine, um, who encounter Ghost Rider in an old bookstore. Again, fine. He fell out of a book in the first one, right? But this time around, Ghost Rider has magical powers that bring forth characters from books into real life. And these kids have to track oh. the characters down and get them back into the books. Completely different show. <laughs> yeah. Not the same <laughs> at all. I tried watching it. You know, I, I, you know, nothing against the cast, nothing against the writer. It's just not, it's not Ghost Rider. They should have made a completely different concept of it and they completely ruined it for me. And it makes me mad, but that's me. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I saw Harry the Spy on Ghost Rider. And in the show, I, I incorrectly said it was for Lenny's 13th birthday. It was for Lenny's 12th birthday that she received the, you know, Harry the Spy book from her pet, her mom, who's long passed away. Her dad had given it to her on her behalf. And um, that was such a good story. That's why, you know, I got into it. But the really cool thing was there's kind of a, a Ghost Rider, Harry the Spy connection in another way, which I thought was really neat. So in the movie, Harry the Spy, there's a girl and her name is Charlotte Sullivan and she plays Marion, which is kind of the mean girl. And I talk about her at one point. We call her Night Marion. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's in the movie. And what was really funny was that she starred in a reboot of Ghost Rider that happened on CBS, which was when after oh. the, yeah, after the original PBS Ghost Rider lost funding. Somebody at CBS took up funding for Ghost Rider and decided to create their own series. And it was not the same. The graphics were better. You know, the, the, the effects and whatnot were a lot cooler. Right. But there was only three kids. The, the mysteries only lasted a half hour. They, ha they, they kind of just flew through them. There wasn't really any heart to it. And it didn't last more than one season. But I thought that was really neat how this girl who was in Harriet the Spy that I learned about via Ghost Rider ended up being in Ghost Rider. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I read Harry the Spy. I thought that was really weird. Um, yeah, I thought that was really really cool. And she's still around today. I mean, she has. Oh my gosh, that woman, Charlotte Sullivan. <laughs> her eyes are just like killer. If you look her up, you just look at her eyes. They are okay. just like <laughs> wow. Let's get into some questions. What middle grade or young adult characters? should have their own Funko Pop. Ooh. Now, you know, they already have the Harry Potter ones, which blah. Ugh. Hey. Sorry, too much of that. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm no, not nothing against actual Harry Potter people or whatnot. <laughs> I'm against the author, and that's the reason why I'm kind of going blah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, not not for the author, so. Yes, but, um, same. <laughs> we already have Harry Potter Funko, so I can't really mention those. Um, I think they, they need to start coming out with more. They really do, and I really think they – like there are some significant book series that have been around in our time in the past, like 20, 30 years, even 40 years, 
that they could totally make some Funkos for. You could make the Sweet Valley Twins. Oh you my can God. make Yeah, you can make one for Slappy the Dummy for Goosebumps. Yes. You know, or, or several Goosebumps characters actually several. Um, you know, you have that um what is it Curly the Skull guy with the with the mohawk, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you also have characters like Percy Jackson, you know, we could do with like oh, a yeah. lightning bolt or the, you know, and then you, you could do so many of these. I don't know. Do you know of any other characters you think? Um, do they, ha- I don't collect Funko pops really. Um, so I don't know what's out there, but do they have the babysitters club? They don't see actually. that would actually be really good and significant since they just came back out. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, they should that would actually that. be a really good idea. <laughs> I'll call them after this. I'll let them know. There you go. Make some calls. Get it, get it done. I if anyone has that. the power, it's me <laughs> to get some new Funko Pops on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I would love to see some of those. And if they had any author ones, I would totally because they already they do have author ones. They have a Stephen King one. I think they have a oh, who else they have. I know they have a Stephen King one. They definitely need to have an R.L. Stein one. Yeah, they need one. He, he would be like, so I'm, easy to do too. I know, you know, I mean, I hate to point out, but he has that mole on his head. And that's yes. a very significant mark. His signature would, you know, mole. <laughs> exactly. And you have the glasses and then you just have, you know, the bald spot and the hair and, you know, yeah. and just like, and, and if he wanted to, you can even have him holding like a slappy doll or something. Yes. That's you know, a good really, idea. Or a can of monster blood or something. I don't know. Oh, I love that. I loved monster blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of... Um, speaking of R.L. Stein, I have a question for you, Lauren. Oh, okay. No, you're good. <laughs> what inspired you to start the the Fear Street um, reading hour on Instagram? Um, so two things came into play for this for me. Um, I don't know if anyone like watches the challenge besides me and my sister, but um, Cara Maria. I used to way back when, when it was actually oh, Road Rules, Real World Challenge. They're bringing back Road Rules. I just found out today. I'm going to apply. Well, they're bringing so back dumb. the Real World. <laughs> they are? Did you hear that? No. Oh, no, my God. on Paramount Plus. Oh. They are. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's not. They're bringing back the original cast. The very first this. New York cast of the Real World. And they're doing a complete a thirty year later because it is exactly pretty much thirty years later. Yeah, and they're putting them in the exact loft that they were in, and they're filming multiple episodes. Oh, I love this! Oh my I god, know. that'll be so cool! And oh. I'm hoping it's called. I think it's called um, um, Real World Homecoming, New York. And oh, okay, cool. I think they're going to try to do it. I think, from what I understand, it sounds like they're going to try to do it for like several of the beginning seasons. Like that's try to awesome. Go back to cast members. Um, I love that. Yeah, so <laughs> back um so Cara Maria, she does like a weekly book club where she reads out of a book every week. And it was before I started my page and I was like, that's a good idea. Like, I don't know. And then I was talking about it with my sister. And growing up, I would always read Fear Street to her, even though she's older. But um, <laughs> the reason why is I would always add like random lines in the books that were really ridiculous and didn't actually happen. And she would have to guess like what was going on. I don't do that in my reading hours. So I think that would be too confusing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of what got it started at first. Like when I started my page, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. Um, mostly cause I just thought who is going to watch this? No one cares, but I feel like, I do have like a consistent following who 
join every week. It's the same people, which I love. And obviously I love when other people join, but yeah, that's how I got my idea for doing it. (laughs) And I'm still doing it. I love it. I think we've done like six books at this point. Yeah. And it's really popular. It seems it's starting to pick up some speed. Yeah. Look forward to every week. They do. And I love that. It makes me feel special. (laughs) Well, if you want to find Lauren on Instagram, it's X 99. That's nine, nine, not spelling out. It's digits nine, nine X nine, nine fear street, X 99 fear street. You'll find her on there and you can find her reading hour every week. Yep. Every Tuesday at 6 PM mountain time. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She lets you know. She has to reschedule. (laughs) Right. Um, so kind of talking about Fear Street, I guess, cause it's horror, but you read that, um, what genres do you avoid and why? Oh yeah. Okay. So usually I'll tell you the, the major, it's funny. I have really weird sub genres. I avoid Ooh. if that makes sense. <laughs> I like pretty much almost every genre. Well, I don't really like Westerns. They had oh, to, yeah. you know, not Westerns. I'm not really big on war either, especially movie form or anything. I cannot sleep through a Western. I cannot sleep through a war movie. If they come on and I'm, if I fall asleep and the TV's on and one of those comes on, I wake up. They're loud. <laughs> yeah. That, and it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's uneasy. I don't know. It's unsettling to listen to in your sleep. I don't know. Right. Um, something weird about it. So I won't, no, those are totally big no. But as far as like YA middle grade go, I really hate, hate dystopian hate it oh yeah i kind of feel like I, that's an overdone genre at this point and it is, i don't offend I'm, anyone <laughs> you know the world sucks enough as it is i don't want to see how much suckier it could be <laughs> you know what i mean like hey yes. let's see how horrible the world's going to be in the future and how we'll have to survive it I'm like no i don't want, no thank you hunger game <laughs> i know and it feels like we're one step away from it half the time anyway so no, I'm like, I don't feel like, you know, I want some nice, happy things. I want some hopeful stuff. I'm tired of this, you know, blah stuff, you know, but that and, and fully immersed fantasy. It's really hard for me yeah. to get to. And when I say fully immersed, like a lot of people think, okay, well, I say I've read the Chronicles of Narnia. Because, well, that's fully immersed. You're in a completely different land and all this. I'm like, yeah, but people from our world travel there. Yeah, there's still some realism in that. There's, you know, there's something to relate to. You know, they're learning as I'm learning kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Harry Potter, same way. He is based in a real world type of situation until he finds out he's not in a real world situation. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You kind of follow that character into that situation. But you jump into like Lord of the Rings or, you know what I mean? It's so immersed and you have to like automatically, it's like assumed you have to automatically know what's up. You know, right? Or you have to pick up the clues as you read along, and it's just too much for me to gather. I need, I don't need that, you know. So I just can't, I can't do that. I just can't do fully immersed fantasy. Now, if it's somebody traveling from our world to another world, a character that I can follow, totally yeah. can do it. You know, definitely. But, I'm the same way. I think. I think that's one genre I avoid too. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. With that, how many books do you average a month? People are going to be very surprised. It's probably like as far as with during the show, along with the show books. If I do two books a month for the show, I might do three to four books total <laughs> in a oh. month. <laughs> Here's the thing. People get my title confused 
<laughs> they think Dustin reads a lot. <laughs> it just means you Dustin, can. <laughs> I can. I can read. Dustin. And I even you put this can on my, when you choose to. <laughs> right. On my Twitter, I'm like, just because I can read doesn't mean I read everything. I <laughs> love <don't>, that. <laughs> I don't consume it all, guys. I'm doing it because I like to for fun. I read. And most things I do read, if I'm going to read it, I'm going to, I'm probably going to like it. I already know, you know, I can, you know, that judging a book by its cover thing, which people say don't do. Sorry, you totally can do that. It, that's how I do it. I, I look at books like, I don't want to read this. And I start reading, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to read this. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally tell I don't want to read this. But, you know, I'm, I'm really good about picking up books that I think I'm probably going to like a lot. It's very yeah. rare that I don't, you know, um, or I find at least enough in it that I'm, I'm okay with have re- having read it. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it does because. Again, I'm the same way with that. Um, I try not to buy anything or like get anything that I really don't think I'll read. Um, and I definitely don't even read as many books as you do a month. <laughs> I mean, it's and hard. You know, yeah, for me, it's it's especially after the past year and a half, and actually four or five years we've had. It's just stress upon stress upon stress been building. You know, I've got a, other personal stuff going on in my life, and you know, everybody does, and it's just been so hard for me to concentrate. So yeah, the, the podcast helps in motivating me to get it done so I can, you know, I want to, because I want to keep my mind going, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> but you know, and I know they're only middle grade books and they're YA and a lot of people think, Oh, well they're nothing. No, they're actually pretty deep just because the characters yeah. are young. Doesn't mean that the writing level is less than, right? you know, and a lot of times anyway, most of Americans read in eighth grade level anyway. From what oh, I wow. understand. Yeah. Yeah. So who cares? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just because it's an adult character or a young adult character, it doesn't matter. For YA, I think that's pretty much on par with regular fiction, depending on yeah. the book, basically. I agree, because I feel like a lot of the YA books are just as long as, you know, adult fiction, although I don't think that's the right term. <laughs> that sounds like something else. Um mm. <laughs> But yeah, I think YA gets a bad rap, I think, just because it's for quote unquote kids. But I mean, kid, younger kids go through a lot. Yeah. Like Some of those books are dark. <laughs> they are. I mean, yeah. Hello, we're talking about dystopian. A lot of people don't realize yes. that Hunger Games is a YA book, you know? Yeah. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. And, and the thing is... I think the reason why YA and even like young adult teen quote teen shows like Riverdale or whatever, right. they're still popular with adults. Too. Yeah. And we're talking people in their thirties and up. Me. And I the watch reason Riverdale every week. <laughs> yes. Everybody's been a teenager. Yeah. Everybody knows what that feels like. And everybody kind of wants to remain a teenager even after, you know, cause you're like, man, I wish I could, I could read it. You know? So it's kind of that nostalgia as well for adults. For kids, it's like, oh, somebody like me, but they're actually older than me because they're playing younger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, so that's the reason why I think teen shows and teen books and stuff are a lot more popular now because we have nostalgia that our parents didn't really have. Right. You know? That's a good we point. Up, I've never thought about that. Right. We grew up with like merchandise connected to our TV shows and to our, you know, and we grew up really involved in media and whatnot. So VCRs were invented in our time, you know, stuff like that. So, we we really relate to TV and books and nostalgia in general the most. I think our our generation, the millennials, are the ones who really m- relate to nostalgia. 
Right. I agree. And I think we're the, probably the last ones because a lot of stuff is not going to go to DVD anymore. A lot of stuff is not going to be found, you know, a lot of, you know, it's, 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 we're probably one of the last ones we're going to have the physical nostalgia too. Oh, that's true. That made me really anxious. <laughs> See, didn't that make you really sad too? Yes. Oh, I'm grabbing all these Funkos as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Me? Yeah. Anybody who knows me knows that I collect a lot of Funko Pops. So I, I'm, yeah, it's really sad that that's my nostalgia right there. I got to grab some. <laughs> They're a fun thing to collect, I think, if you do. I only have like two, so. <laughs> do you have any upcoming projects? Yes. Um, <laughs> I think you know, Lauren. I do. <laughs> For, yes, for those of you who are listening, we are actually um, working on a project in honor of Fear Street. Since Lauren is the Fear Street reader, I like Fear Street. Uh, the Netflix trilogy of movies is coming out this summer. Ooh. She and I are working on something. I don't want to say what yet, but we're working on something, and it'll be out here in the next couple months. So just stay tuned, and I hope you guys are excited for that. Other than that, um, uh, next month we have... Uh, three books I'm doing next month, actually. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. I just recorded the other day, uh, the session with uh, Robbie Miles. For those of you who've listened before, Robbie's been on the show a couple times and he actually wrote a book. It's called Don't Call at All. Oh, I and, love that. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. It's a fun book. And so I talked to him about that. And we're, I'm also going to be talking with Chelsea from the Weird Mom podcast. And she's going to come on and we're going to talk about Side Effects May Vary by Julie Murphy. Um, Julie Murphy wrote books like Dumplin' and Pudding, you know, the ones that became a Netflix movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to read that. And it's actually a really good book. Um, The next one, I'm actually, I'm I'm about to hopefully get this done pretty quickly. But I'm doing a a mini-sode for the latest point horror book called Last One to Die by Cynthia Murphy. Oh, that sounds good. Murphy's I'm reading this month, which is really weird. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a mini-sode for that since that came out in January. I got it earlier on, but I haven't been able to get to it yet. So, But I'm going to have a mini-sode out hopefully soon for that. I'm excited about that. Do you have anyone to shout out? Yes, I have. Um, I want to shout out Campfire Classics. It's a podcast. Um, it's another literary podcast with some great funny hosts who are very supportive of me on Twitter. They, they share me all the time. They're always giving me some positive feedback or some encouragement. I really appreciate it. It's not just of me, but of a bunch of fellow podcasts. They're really good people. Yeah. Um, you should definitely check them out. And uh, you should also check out book retorts, which sounds like it's just about books, but it's not, it's actually more about, uh, it's a, it's a pop culture podcast. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, they analyze like odd things that they find in TV and movies and books and music and and, and comics and all this stuff and, and more. Um, they're also a really big supporter online. And I really, you know, I really want to encourage people to go check them out. So check out Campfire Classics and Book Retorts. All right. Excellent. Well, this concludes this February episode of Behind the Read. I'm your guest host, Lauren Cunningham. Thanks for having me on, Dustin. Thank you for coming on, Lauren. I appreciate it. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Until next time. Dustin can read. Yay! (laughs) Yay!
Yeah, that was a good 